Welcome to another night of Warrior Reads. As always, make sure that you've handled anything before bed, that the room is dark, and that you're in a comfortable position. Remember, as you're listening, if you get excited by a story or interested, don't worry about it. Now is not the time for your mind to be racing. Now is the time for your mind to be resting. As always, we'll have copies of the recordings available on our website, as well as even the ability to order it should you want to in the morning. Now is the time for your reward for a good day lived or a reminder to be a warrior tomorrow. I'll give you about five seconds to clear your head and then we'll begin. Welcome warriors. Tonight, our selection is from Beowulf. The translation by Seamus Haney. The story of Beowulf is the oldest recorded story in the English language. It was written at a time when English was a completely different language and very different from what we speak and understand today, which is why it was one of the most translated documents ever. Even though it was originally written in English at the time, reading it in its original script would sound and look nothing like what we recognize today. Beowulf is one of the earliest heroic tales in European history and was originally written as a song, most likely sung through the ages in an oral tradition until it was transcribed more than a thousand years ago in Scandinavia. Beowulf takes us into a world of monsters and demons where a warrior's reputation and code of honor was his most prized possession, where the search for fame and glory would drive men to the ends of the earth, and warrior's courage was celebrated and recognized in the halls of kings with songs and mead and feasts and treasure. As always, you can read this book at any time in the future, and it's worth the read. There's a myriad of knowledge and history in the story of Beowulf. But one thing that stands out about this hero is his commitment to his code of honor, his mastery of the warrior path, and his courage to pursue his aims. As we dive into the ancient and perilous world, you may wish to reflect on your own reputation for strength, courage, and mastery and how you bring honor to your tribe and yourself. So relax and enjoy. King Hrothgar reigns over the prosperous Denmark more than 1300 years ago. He built a great mead hall and he called it Herorot. He built it for his warriors to gather, drink, and receive gifts and hear stories and songs, all in celebration of their accomplishments to the kingdom. In that time and culture, it was the responsibility of the king to honor his warriors. The song of Beowulf begins like this. So the spear Danes in those days gone by, and the kings who ruled them had courage and greatness we have heard of those princes' heroic campaigns. King Hrothgar is known as a good king 
who fulfills his duty to his warriors with all good intention. A leader shows honor to those who display courage and service to the tribe, and his warriors follow him and love him for it. Maybe in your personal life, you feel that recognition at work is less important than receiving a good paycheck. Or perhaps you feel like you don't get enough recognition for the amount of effort that you put in. In the honor code of the ancient Anglo-Saxons, if you didn't show honor to your warriors, you didn't get to be king for very long. Simply put, your honor is your reputation for courage, your displays of strength, and your mastery over yourself and your craft. And it runs deeper than just recognition. How do you honor yourself? You make choices that reflect your principles, and you make steps to be a stronger and better you every day. And if perhaps you don't feel like you are currently living up to that standard, take the inspiration from King Rothgar's example here, and know that you have plenty of opportunities tomorrow to take courageous action and bring honor to your name and your tribe. Though Rothgar had solid intentions to do great things for his warriors, he runs into a big problem. The sound of celebration from the great hall of Helrot angers Grendel, a terrifying demon who lives in the swamp. Grendel terrorizes and kills the Danes every night. The Danes suffer years of torment by Grendel, and King Hrothgar is torn between fulfilling his duties as a king to his men and suffering the consequences of the terrorizing demon. Bound by their code of honor and terrorized by a supernatural evil, Hrothgar and his men are in a tough position. Let's take a look. So times were pleasant for the people there until finally one, a fiend out of hell, began to work his evil in the world. Grendel was the name of this grim demon haunting the marches, marauding around the heath and the desolate fens. He had dwelt for a time in misery among the banished monsters. So after nightfall, Grendel set out for the lofty house to see how the ring Danes were settling in after their drink. And there he came upon them, a company of the best asleep from their feasting, insensible to pain and human sorrow. Suddenly then, the god-cursed brute was creating havoc. Greedy and grim, he grabbed thirty men from their resting places and rushed to his lair. Flushing up and inflamed from the raid, blundering back with butchered corpses. Then as dawn brightened and the day broke, Grendel's powers of destruction were plain. The wassail was over, and they wept to heaven and mourned under mourning. Their mighty prince, the storied leader, sat stricken and helpless, humiliated by the loss of his guard bewildered and stunned, staring aghast, and the demon's trail in deep distress. He was numb with grief, but got no respite, 
For one night later, the merciless Grendel struck again, and with more gruesome murders. Malignant by nature, he showed no remorse. So Grendel ruled in defiance of right, one against all, until the greatest house in the world stood empty, a deserted wall stead. For twelve winters, seasons of woe, the Lord of the Shieldings suffered under his load of sorrow. And so, before long, the news was known over the whole world. Sad lays were sung about the best king. The vicious raids of Grendel, his long and unrelated feud, nothing but war. How he would never parley or make peace with any Dane, nor stop his death-dealing, nor pay the death price. No counselor could ever expect fair reparation from those rabid hands. All were endangered. Young and old were hunted down by the dark death shadow who lurked and swooped in the long nights. On the misty moors, nobody knows where these reavers from hell roam on their errands. The story of Grendel's torture of a good king spread across the land, and a young Geetish warrior named Beowulf hears of Hrothgar's situation and sees it as a chance for glory. So he sails to Denmark on a mission to defeat Grendel. King Hrothgar meets Beowulf and accepts his offer to slay Grendel and holds a feast in the soon-to-be hero's honor. During the feast, an envious Dane named Unferth accuses Beowulf of being unworthy of his reputation. Beowulf boasts of his past accomplishments, and the Danish warriors cheer him on. He then takes off his armor and says that he will kill Grendel without his sword or his armor, and will slay the monster barehanded. Let's take a look. And the Geet placed complete trust in his strength of limb and the Lord's favor. He began to remove his iron breast mail, took off the helmet and handled his attendant. The patterned sword, a smith's masterpiece, ordering him to keep the equipment guarded. And before he bedded down, Beowulf, that prince of goodness, proudly asserted, when it comes to fighting, I count myself as dangerous any day as Grendel, so it won't be a cutting edge I'll wield to mow him down, easily as I might. He has no ideas of the arts of war, or shield or swordplay, though he does possess a wild strength. No weapons, therefore, for either this night. Unarmed, he shall face me, if face me he dares. And may the Divine Lord, in his wisdom, grant victory to whichever side he sees fit. Then down, the brave man lay with his bolster under his head and his whole company of sea rovers at rest beside him. None of them expected he would ever see his homeland again or get back to his native place and the people who reared him. They knew too well 
the way it was before, how often the Danes had fallen prey to death in the Mead Hall. But the Lord was weaving a victory on his war loom. For there, whether Geats, through the strength of one, they all prevailed. They would crush their enemy and come through in triumph and gladness. So the feasts last merrily into the night, and Beowulf goes to sleep, and so do his men. However, Grendel arrives to torment and murder the Danes while they rest. Beowulf wakes up, fights him unarmed, and proves that he is indeed stronger than this awful demon. Grendel becomes scared and tries to escape, but Beowulf tears the monster's arm off and Grendel slithers back into the swamp to die. The king hangs the severed arm in the mead hall as a trophy. Let's hear how that goes. Then out of the night came the shadow stalker, stealthy and swift. In off the moors, down through the mist bands, God-cursed Grendel came greedily loping. The bane of the race of men roamed forth, hunting for a prey in the high hall. The two contenders crashed through the building. The hall clattered and hammered, but somehow survived the onslaught and kept standing. The story goes that the pair struggled. Mead benches were smashed and sprung off the floor, gold fittings and all. Before then, no shielding elder would believe there was any power or person on earth capable of wrecking their horn-ringed hall unless the burning embrace of fire engulfed it in flame. Then an extraordinary wail arose, and bewildering fear came over the Danes. Everyone felt it who heard that cry, as if it echoed off the wall. A god-cursed scream and a strain of catastrophe, the howl of the loser, the lament of the hell surf, keening his wound. He was overwhelmed, manacled tight by the man of whom all men was foremost and strongest in the days of his life. When they joined the struggle, there was something they could have not known at the time, that no blade on earth, no blacksmith's art could ever damage their demon opponent. He had conjured the arm from the cutting edge of every weapon. But his going away out of the world and the days of his life would be agony to him, and his alien spirit would travel far into the fiend's keeping. Then he who had harrowed the hearts of men with pain and affliction in former times, and had given offense also to God, found that his bodily powers had failed him. As long as either lived, he was hateful to the other. The monster's whole body was in pain. A tremendous wound appeared on his shoulder. Sinews split and bone lappings burst. Beowulf was granted the glory of winning. Grendel was driven under the fen banks, fatally hurt, to his desolate lair. His days were numbered. The end of his life was coming over him. 
he knew it was certain. And one bloody clash had fulfilled the dearest wishes of the Danes. The man who had lately landed among them, proud and sure, had purged the hall, kept it from harm. He was happy with his night work and the courage he had shown. The geek captain had boldly fulfilled his boasts to the Danes. He had healed and relieved a huge distress, unremitting humiliations. The hard fate they'd been forced to undergo, no small affliction, clear proof of this could be seen in the hand of the hero displayed high up near the roof, the whole of Grendel's shoulder, arm, his awesome grasp. So we see here that Beowulf's honor is intact. He was able to back up his boasts with real action, and it turned out in his favor. Since swords couldn't even cut through Grendel's flesh, he showed mastery of the art of war. He showed courage enough to slay the demon that nobody else could. And on top of it, he did it with his bare hands. What are the demons in your life that you dismember? Maybe it's an addiction that you've conquered, or it's doubt in yourself or your own abilities. Maybe you still have a demon that has been tormenting your great hall. What would it look like in your life for you to rise up and dismember it and put it to shame? What does your life look like now that you've risen victorious over the things that used to haunt you? Your courage to take on the challenge in the first place prevails and your mastery of yourself and your method is effective. And you feel the self-respect that comes with being the best you and your tribe honors you and celebrates your accomplishments. People recognize you for who you have become and the work that you've put into your life and the value that you bring to the table. It's a beautiful thing. And that's exactly what King Hrothgar does for Beowulf. King Hrothgar showers Beowulf with gifts, treasures, and holds a feast in his honor. The celebration lasts late into the night, but because this is still an ancient hero's tale, there's yet more danger. Grendel's mother, an evil swamp hag, arrives seeking revenge for her demon son's death. She kills Ashray, King Hrothgar's most trusted advisor, and flees. After Grendel's mother kills Ashray, King Hrothgar is devastated at the loss of his true friend. And Beowulf says this to him. Wise sir, do not grieve. It is always better to avenge dear ones than to indulge in mourning. For every one of us living in this world means waiting for our end. Let whoever can win glory before death. When a warrior is gone, that will be his best and only bulwark. So arise, my lord, 
and let us immediately set forth on the trail of this troll dam. I guarantee you, she will not get away. Not to dens underground, nor upland groves, nor the ocean floor. She'll have nowhere to flee to. Endure your troubles today. Bear up and be the man I expect you to be. It's totally understandable that King Rothgar would be sad right now. And Beowulf's response might seem harsh, but because of their culture of loyalty and their code of honor, and the risks that they take, seeing death close to them every day, Beowulf's reminder to Hrothgar is that justice is the proper warrior's response to this tragedy, and that the truest symbol of love and loyalty shines as a fundamental virtue in their warrior culture. There's an understanding among them that only their reputation will perpetuate a warrior's existence after death. And so, it's one's honor and memory of courageous and heroic acts that are the paramount of meaning. Whatever your beliefs in an afterlife are, there is still an opportunity to make your mark on this world with the time that you have before you face the ultimate monster that's yet to be defeated, death. Beowulf reminds us to ask ourselves if we have lived the best day that we could today and challenges us to commit to living the best day that we can tomorrow because what we leave behind is woven into the lives of others in future generations through the stories that they will tell of us through the lessons that we impart to them for the examples that we set Beowulf dives into the underwater lair to avenge Asheris and kills Grendel's mother. Beowulf then finds Grendel's corpse, decapitates it, and gives the head as a prize to Hrothgar. And the Danes are finally rid of monsters. Beowulf's fame spreads across the kingdom, and he returns home to Geatland where he ascends to the throne of the Geats. He rules wisely for 50 years and brings prosperity to his people. When Beowulf is an old man, he learns that a thief disturbs a mound of treasure that's being guarded by a sleeping dragon. And the dragon begins to destroy the lands of the Geats with fire. Beowulf knows his death is approaching and goes to fight the dragon and he succeeds in killing it at a very heavy cost. The dragon had bit Beowulf's neck, and its venom kills him moments after the encounter. His last act as a king was to give his sword and shield to the only soldier that stood by him and helped him slay the dragon to protect his people. And this shows his commitment to honor. It shows his commitment to his code his dedication to celebrate the courage of those that stand by him. Afterwards, the Geats burn their beloved king's body on a huge funeral pyre and bury his ashes with the massive treasure in a barrow overlooking the sea. 
warriors, you will be remembered and celebrated for the honor you create for yourself in your life. And your image of yourself that is much more enriched by every act you make to honor yourself. Keep true to your path and continue to dig deep. Your treasure and glory awaits you.